Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. Wednesday night, 7.30. John Carter. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my, my life, in my career. Gary Gentry, Jerry Cruzan, Nolan Ryan, Chris Benson, Phil Necro, Charlie Hubbard, Peterson joins us. All right, now we'll try this. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Wednesday night, the Cult of Net Personalities podcast. After I just apologized, off, uh, uh, disclaimed off the air about any possible errors. I made one right off the jump. But we're back <laughs> from the dead, everybody. The Cult of Met Personalities podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Faz, joined, as always, by an amazing cast. Nick Kalidis, Gene Anthony, Dave Singer, all on the line, ready to talk all things Mets as the hot stove season underway. And already Met fans... Uh, little, uh, you know, let's say a little bitter as after the Yankees signed Garrett Cole to a record contract last night and the Phillies sign away uh, Zach Wheeler, Didi Gregorius. So uh, Brody on the on the hot seat a bit, as for Mets fans at least. Um, and, of course, major ownership news potentially, finally. I mean, really, if you've heard this show at all over the last what, decade, <laughs> seven, <laughs> ten years, I mean, the ownership of the Wilpons has been the constant theme of this show, many other shows, many just Met fans' ire, and there might be a resolution uh, coming up, uh, you know, in the form of Steve Cohen. So we're gonna we're gonna go through all that. But uh, let me introduce everybody first. Uh, Gene, how's everything going down in sunny Florida, my man? Everything's everything's good. It's good to have the gang back. Absolutely. It's been, uh, it's been a long time, but uh, definitely happy to talk to everybody again. Dave, how are you, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Just got back from uh, California on Monday, nice. so it's been a little bit catching up. But uh, I was in San Francisco doing some business out there. Uh, so it's good to be back, you know, with all the excitement of the winter meetings. You know, it's hard to keep up with all the Mets moves, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> There's been so many. I don't know. You've probably lost track. Uh, and, oh, of course, totally. the, the man, the myth, the legend, wearing sweatpants tonight in honor of BBW, <laughs> Mr. Nick Kalidis. How's everything, man? Oh, fantastic. I, um, I, what I'm really happy about is that we, we, now have, we now have, as our number fifth starter, six-game winner, Michael Walker. Waka Waka. Uh, $3 million. I know it's a big investment. I realize that, but I think it's worth it because – he um, he's got he's got what it takes. I think he's got that. that it, you know what? It's, it is a look. It, it's mm-hmm. of course, especially stacked up next to the Zach Wheeler and then Garrett Cole signing by you know two uh, <laughs> nearby rivals. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to seem like shopping in the the discount bin. But I agree. I think it could be you know it could be a nice upside kind of move, and uh, you know we'll see what he brings to the table. But so let's mm-hmm. go around the horn a little bit here. Uh, yeah, I mentioned some of the topics going, you know, from from the top of uh, just the main points going on with, with, with the Mets at the moment. But uh, Gene, let me start with you and uh, just give me like your assessment of where things are at right now. Like, wh- wh- you know, where you're at as a Mets fan. So, like, take the temperature a minute as we, you know, kind of break into things here. Where, 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 where are you, where are you thinking? Where are you at right now? I'm in like 2016 all over again. We're gonna see what a new manager is gonna bring us. Uh, we didn't learn our lesson the first time with the first-time manager, so we're going to try it again because things always work out 
in Queens like that. Um, we we have potentially a new owner, so uh, but we're getting teased, but it's not a full ownership just yet. We have to wait for that too. So it's it's this team is called delayed gratification, and I'm totally fine with that. We're going to <laughs> like work that. out. From all accounts, you know, Beltran's supposed to be the savior. He's the smartest man in baseball. Not smart enough to take a bench coach job first, but smart enough to be a manager and then take us to the promised land just like Cora did. So, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping for the best at this point. Well, speaking of Beltran, do you, do you think that we'll start stealing signs as a way if, if things aren't working out like midway through the season? <laughs> With our luck, we'll steal the wrong signs. We'll get yeah, we will, yeah. <laughs> we'll try to indicate it's a changeup, but it's really a 98-mile-an-hour fastball yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah, somebody will get hit in the face. Uh, uh, you know, the last time you and I spoke, I, I proclaimed that as a player, Beltran was my least favorite man of all time. And now I have him as a manager. So this should be fun for me. This is just this is this is the kick in the nuts in Florida. But you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, you know, I, I would. I, I at the top, I, I again, the the ownership news I think has kind of overshadowed everything, especially you know dovetailing right into hot stove season. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't even mention the Beltran thing to start. So I'm glad you brought that up. Dave, where are, where are you, you know, where, where are you at right now? Like, what, what are, you know, are you feeling optimistic? Are you kind of on pins and needles? Like, where, 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 what's your temperature as a Met fan at the moment? Yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, you know, it's not that the Mets are, are doing anything so terrible, although it would have been nice to be really in on Wheeler. It's just that these other teams are doing so much and making so many great moves. I mean, you know, the Nats, the Braves are just, building what could be another dynasty, you know, and then the Phillies got better. Uh, and that's just tough to see because if we're just going to have stasis and do nothing and just be slightly diminished by losing a great starter like Wheeler. Um, yeah. That's tough to handle, man. I just, it's, it's a bit frustrating to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, basically your, you know, your assessment is that it's not necessarily the, you know, the, what the Mets are doing is just the fact that they're not, even coming close to what these other teams are doing, especially nearby teams or rival teams. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, look, Strasburg, you know, that was a big, big money buy from the nationals. Um, Wheeler, you know, I like his contract and I can't believe the Mets wouldn't have matched that to me, just the way the state of the game is. And when you look at his numbers and the amount of innings that he's able to churn up and then he just seems to be getting stronger and better. Um, I think yeah. in some ways he's really a bargain, and especially when you look at you know Cole, who we all love Garrett Cole, but man, I mean that's excessive. You know, what yeah, are you almost making forty percent more than Degrom? So Wheeler looks like a steal. Well, you know, and Dave, that's a great point you brought up too, because I, when I was, uh, you know, as, as these huge pitcher contracts have come out, I, I saw you know a, a few people kind of mentioning that that you know, I mean, look, the, Brody is a you know. A, the general manager wrote even Wagon and he's a big personality and, you know, can be a little polarizing, you know, but I will, you know, the DeGrom contract certainly looks like a steal, especially now, you know, where the marketplace is at. Would you get, would you agree with that? Oh man, it's the deal. It's the deal of the century. Yeah. You know, that's just a great, great price. I think his, his average, you know, annual value is still like $27 million. I mean, it's a, it's a shit ton of cash. Um, yep. But for a two-time Cy Young Award winner who's probably going to have, you know, at least three more seasons like these, 
um, it's pre- looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. What an anchor Definitely. to have. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Nick, let's come to you. I know you're comfortable over there in your sweatpants. Paying. Speaking of uh, BBW, <laughs> where, where, where are you? What are you feeling right now? You know, as we sit here on December 11th as a Met fan. Well, you know, well, there's two things. Two things that really leave me very optimistic. One, um, to quote our general manager, that they're looking to improve, and there's a variety of different ways in which they can do it. You know, and um, that. Uh, Basically, I'm thinking cheating, right? Like we have we have Beltran, so right? Isn't that like what is that one, right? <laughs> so right off the bat, you know, we have Bam Bam Mullins as the bench coach, right? And we know that Bam Bam was it three Bams or two Bams? Like what what means an off speed pitch? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know who they they got, they brought in to bang on the cans or if they're going to do something different, but. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I assume that's primarily what sold them on Beltran, you know, because it fits with the rest of the Wilbon stuff, and it all, it all makes some sense. So, yeah, I the obviously the thing I'm worried about is that, you know, because of the investigation and because of the uh, scrutiny, it would be very Mets-like to hire somebody like Beltran to, to literally um, kind of buy us some wins, let's say, and we can't do it <laughs> at this particular time. So. I think they should so. get like marching bands, like symbols, like to to indicate when when a change up's coming. Just don't even like don't don't even try to conceal it. Just don't even make it subtle. Just all out with it, right? I mean, the Astros basically won a World Series, apparently, doing this whole uh, you know really kind of like conspiracy level kind of like cheating. So we might as well just, just go all in it. on it. I mean, they should just scream it. <laughs> breaking ball, breaking ball. Just. <laughs> Oh my God, help me! They shoot off like yeah. a musket just to, you know, indicate what's coming. <laughs> Why not? Might as well go all mm-hmm. in. Um, all right, so I'm let's not... come back around. So, uh, I I think the the ownership situation is, you know, clearly the the largest story and kind of set the table for anything else that goes, you know, going forward. Um, so, Gene, what, what are your thoughts on the, you know, the, the situation with Steve Cohen, you know, a billionaire? I mean, let's let's be honest. A little sketchy hedge fund <laughs> manager, uh, but uh, certainly deep pocketed, and you know, by all accounts, will spend a ton of money to uh, you know to to put into this product, which is clearly the you know the, the if you ask were to ask any Met fan at any point, that's the you know the Wilpon spending habits or lack thereof is pretty much the you know the the, the number one issue for for any Met fan. Um, if you're talking to them. So what are, what are you feeling about the, the Cohen situation? I mean, I, I would imagine optimism, but like, you know, take me through what you're, what you're thinking on it. It's just general frustration for me because I don't ever remember in baseball ownership change, taking a, a turn of, well, we're going to, it's going to be a five year period. What, 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 what does that mean? Um, can we spend now? Can we make, and I'm not saying spend money just to spend money, but, you know, if if Oakland's closer is up for ten million dollars and we can't jump out there and make a move on that, not saying that we didn't try, uh, show show the fan base that look in this transition time because this could very legitimately be during this transition time they tighten up a little bit more and that would be purgatory for us. It's like waiting for Christmas, but each month you got to wait another month, another month, another month, and then they yeah. come back and, and while you're seeing all the toys go off the shelves. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And all your neighbors are riding their bikes and their fucking scooters, and you're sitting here going, well, <laughs> coming in like three years. And so, you know, I'm willing to wait, but boy, I mean, I don't – guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Have we seen another transition like this? <laughs> no, this is uh, this is unique. Did, did the bike thing happen to you before, Gene? <laughs> the bike thing happened to me a lot. You know, I thought it was because we were just a little bit, you know, uh, a little poor on the poor side. But, you know, um, yeah, we had a community bike that we all used to ride. And even I had to wait for that one. And I don't like it. <laughs> uh, Dave, wh- wh- where do you, you know, where are you on where, where the Cohen situation's at? Do you do you think, or are you optimistic that, you know, it could lead to an immediate boost in spending? Or are you, you know, just judging by our... You know, our, our past with the Wilpons and how you know they really just can't ever get out of their own way. Do you kind of do you expect more of the same? Like, wh- what are you feeling on that? Oh, that's a tough one. So, I, are you asking how how involved is Cohen going to be? I yeah, mean, do you think or, like right or, off the jump, he his money will you know make an impact like as soon as this year, or are you kind of you know do you think it's going to take some time for that to take to, to take place? You know, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, there was a couple of things, right? The the timing of the announcement was kind of like, oh my gosh, this means you're going to actually go out and do something. So the expectation I had was that, um, yeah, that there was going to be some infusion of cash. You know, maybe not a ton in the beginning, but at least opening it up a little bit so we could be in the hunt for some of these bigger name targets that are out there. But then it was like yep. the other weird announcement came shortly after. Well. It's five years from now, so you're like, what the hell does that mean? You know, who, who yeah. has ever heard such a crazy thing? Um, and then, of course, it came out again. You know, maybe he's going to have some more control. So a long way of saying, I, I just don't know. So far, it hasn't played out at all like there's been any infusion of cash. It's almost like Brody and the Mets are just kind of making a, a joke of this, and they said there's not payroll flexibility. We're going to try to get rid of Lowry and get some contract flexibility there, and we're almost like in a in a stuck position this year, which is just extremely frustrating when you've got, you know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, you got the polar yeah. bear, you got you got all these guys that are just capable of being an incredible nucleus for a team. But then the fringe is bad, the bullpen is bad, um, and then they're not seeming to willing to make some investments. So I, I am just as confused as everybody else on this. Um, I think, no kidding, if the Mets have another year in 2020 like we did last year, um, and I'm not forecasting that, but if, then I think you're going to see Cohen and, and the pocketbook open up in a big way. But, shit, who the hell wants another lost year of these guys in their prime? I mean, that would just be awful. Yeah, and, you know, you, you brought up two good points there. Um, you know, and that, I think it's a perfect illustration of the, you know, the Mets' frustration is that there is a lot of talent on this team, and you, of course, in a you know the, the largest market in, in, in the country, and you know it's just like while you're seeing these record contracts and, and you know huge spending by rivals and area teams, like you know for us to have to be worried about Jed Lowry's contract coming off the books to be able to spend more money just seems kind of pathetic. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. It's it it. Doesn't seem like that should ever really matter. You know, that should be a drop in the bucket for a New York City baseball team. But and you know, in the timing of the announcement, you know, I, I again, no, you know, 
look, the Mets have always lacked self-awareness and, you know, their front office, and it's one of my biggest frustrations as a Met fan. But, you know, so to tease the announcement like that, as Dave and Gene just mentioned, you know, especially right into hot stove season and knowing there's some huge free agents and kind of dangling this bag of cash over the Mets fans' heads and then just kind of, like, leaving us dangling is just pretty much the most, typical Wilpon era Mets move that could take place and now everybody twisting in the wind. So on that note, Nick, I mean, are, are you feeling optimistic about, you know, an immediate infusion of cash or do you think this is going to be another typical, you know, Wilpon-esque folly and just like, just turn into a disaster? I mean, I I think it's already sort of, you can see it because there's really not, there's not a lot left and you're looking at like them not being able to afford Porcello and bringing in like Waka like for three million bucks, and that's your fifth starter. So, I mean, there's no depth at all, and we're not doing anything to protect the season. And the amazing thing is when you really, if you take a step back and you kind of look at where Philly is and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like, yes, they've gotten better, but I mean, the Nats didn't win the division last year. They're going to lose Rendon. They had Strasburg. You know, Philly, their starting pitching is still shaky even with Wheeler because it's not like Wheeler's turned the corner. Wheeler might turn the corner, but they spent a fortune on someone that's never ever strung together more than three months of that. You know, so it's something to where I think the wild card is still in reach and which is why it's extra frustrating because the with the and I think this has been said ad nauseum, like the luck that we got in the starting rotation last year was unbelievable. You know, we're probably not going to get that again. And if we do, I mean we're wasting you know DeGrom's best period and I don't understand yeah. how in any in any way unless their the funds are frozen how they can justify doing literally nothing I mean just nothing nothing so even if like by the end well, of the, yeah, not, the and, spring you, know, you guys have yeah. brought up the rotation of course and then you know mm-hmm. DeGrom and, and uh, mm-hmm. Polar Bear Pete Alonso I mean yeah to have mm-hmm. you know two players of that magnitude like I mean Cy Young MVP level, you know, you're not talking about above average even also. I mean, these are two absolutely elite players and in their prime and, you know, Pete Alonso obviously, you know, a ridiculously affordable contract situation and DeGrom, as we discussed, you know, with where the marketplace is certainly, you know, looks like a bargain. And, you know, it's like you don't have to, you know, spend the money on a Garrett Cole necessarily, but, you know, you know, at least there are, Competent. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like to, again, to be talking about $3 million for Michael Walken, look, mm-hmm. it could be a, a, you know, upside kind of signing, but, you know, it's just, I would, I would, I would just love if there was just a little more kind of urgency and aggression in, in the, in the moves. Uh, I mean, Gene, with who's kind of left on the board, you know, in the free, in free agency, what are the moves you're hoping for? Like, what is your, you know, like, let, you know, let me give you two kind of scenarios here. What's your dream scenario of what can happen for the rest of this off season? And what do you think is a realistic, you know, what, what do you think is like a, a the real situation that'll kind of go down? Well, I know, I mean, I'm, I'm very confident that Brody's going to address the bullpen. That's a, that's a given. And he doesn't have to spend a lot to do it, but he's going to get, two additional pieces to go with Lugo, Familia, Wilson, and Diaz, for sure. Um, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you what would knock me on my ass, and I've wanted this for a few years, 
but there was an announcement today that Arenado's they're listening to offers for Arenado possibly. I uh-huh. mean, we yeah. Have, yeah, we have some pieces. I mean, you look at a J.D. Davis who I think J.D. Davis is a fine baseball player, but his stock is never going to get higher than this. He could turn out to be a Justin Turner. Sorry, Nick. Or he could turn out to be a slug. You have a potential with a Davis, a uh, Dom Smith, and a Nimmo, yeah. or a Davis, Dom Smith, and um, Lowry to get that off the books. But you have the potential and, and to really – I mean, just imagine if they only added one more bullpen piece and then Arenado. Tell me you guys would be pissed. I, mean, I, I, I love I mean, Arenado. He's tremendous. Yeah. And you throw him on a team with Conforto, McNeil, and Alonzo, and forget about it. I mean, it's, it, as long as it doesn't cost us one of those guys. If you tell me that I have to trade McNeil or Conforto, I mean, I I really would like to see some creative work here. And and but that well, would be you know, actually, and G, not uh, apologies for interrupting, but I, uh, on that note, in addition to what you just mentioned about Arenado. Uh, on Twitter, Andy Martino is saying sources say the Mets have had dialogue with the Astros about Carlos Correa, nothing imminent. <laughs> like, hey, Should we get the uh, symbols ready to, to indicate when the change-ups are coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so maybe it was like a referral for Jim Carpenter or something. <laughs> that should be at the end of every one of our rumors. Nothing imminent. Um, but <laughs> that's the mission statement for the 2020 Mets. Nothing imminent. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, just that, that at third. I mean, to get a Gold Glover, to get a Silver Slugger, and to get a you know a potential batting champion type player, you know, top hitter like that, and then a good. He's just a good guy. Like Arenado is a good guy. It's just a solid guy, but. To me, that would be like – that would make the Phillies shake their head, something like that. And I'm not trying to impress the Phillies, but let's face it. I think that their hire for manager was a better move than Beltran on paper. Now, hey, I could be eating crow at the end of the year, but you, it's very hard for me to put this pitching staff in the hands of a guy, the starters, and we're talking about prime players, in the, pitch, in, in the hands of a brand-new manager who, you know, to be fair, it takes a, at least it usually takes a year or so to get the hang of what's going on. The game moves a lot faster when you're in charge. Uh, think about all of us. We watch games. We say, oh, these moves should be made. But if we were put in the hot seat, believe me, Dave Singer will be screwing the pooch on most of these plays. <laughs> Why are you going to um, Dave like and, that? Why are you gonna... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, Dave. and I would too. I mean, you know, it's easy to sit here and do it from afar, but uh, and even on the field, so <laughs> – but that, that's just my two cents. Sorry. No, uh, uh, well, Dave, you know, uh, you can, you can, rep- you, you, here's your chance to rebut anything. Uh, Gene, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> what's, what's your Christmas wish list for, for, for the Mets, you know, especially now uh, after uh, with this revised uh, kind of slate of players left uh, on the board? Yeah, it's almost like, um, you know, would I want to add Marte? Yeah, but not at the price of Nimmo, you know, plus or to me, I just I don't want to lose any of our good guys, which seems to be always what happens. So Christmas wish list. Mm-hmm. Let's get Jed Lowry's salary off the books, um, <laughs> you know, by hook or by crook and, and maybe just focus in on, you know, making the bullpen the best that it can be, because I think, you know, 
we're not a bad team. I mean, there's definitely some problems. Um, but, you know, I kind of look back on the team and I'm like, okay, Walker, whatever. Who the hell knows what you're going to get with that guy? You know, probably not much. So what do you need? Really just bullpen. To me, it's all about the bullpen from here on out and, and not giving up on a on a Nemo or, you know, JD or something like that where it's just going to, you know, so further dilute would you, the team. Would you want to, uh, speaking of those guys, would you be okay with trading those guys for uh, Arenado, Correa, et cetera? Or do you want to, you know, that are you okay with that part if that were to ever happen? No, I just don't. I just don't think that's realistic. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, if you could get Correa, yep. you know, yeah, sorry. See, you can have, they can have Nimmo and Davis. They can have Davis back, you know. Um, yeah, I would definitely do that. Um, yep. But I just, I just don't think those blockbuster trades have been in, in Brody's MO. I don't know that that's the way baseball is really done anymore, you know, where you get trades where you can ply away a superstar um, for a combination of, you know, solid major league talent and a couple of minor leaguers. And, and I don't know if that's really in the Mets best interest right now. Uh, so it's hard to tell. We're not one player away. You know, we're not mm-hmm. even, you know, that's I would true. love to have Kevin like, Wheeler, you know, and grabbed somebody and then really focusing on the bullpen and nothing else. Yep. That would have been a great off season, but it just, I don't know. I just don't know what the hell's going on. It's very confusing. I'm very confused. I am too. I, I, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think confusion and nothing imminent are, uh, are two uh, kind of pretty central themes right now. Nick, where what are your you know what are your thoughts on where this offseason is so far, and do you you know are you optimistic about where things go? What, you know what, what's kind of your wish list? Well, the first thing was satisfied because I really really wanted uh, Jake Merznick to play center, and I got <laughs> you know I got oh my god that, that guy's lifetime on base percentage is like two seventy for real. Right in. <laughs> what I like, what I like is, is not only do I have Marisnik that I get to watch every day now, which is wonderful. I got to learn math from Brody. You know, so so apparently, so they wanted to um, improve the defense in center field. You know, and because it's very important. So they, and because I thought, I thought that if you um, have the number one and you take away one, you have zero, or you rather you're left with one. Um, but apparently it's <laughs> you're left with two because if you take away um, um, uh, Ligueras and you add Marisnik, that somehow improves the outfield defense. <laughs> now, I didn't know that, <laughs> that would be possible because usually one player equals one player, but I learned math from Brody, and I love that. That's really helpful. So that's already a plus, <laughs> right? Um, as far as, like, players and wish lists and everything, I mean – I agree with uh, with Dave. I don't think it's realistic to look at any of those trades because we're not signing any of these guys when they don't require talent, and there's no sign that this money. I mean, if the money was available from Cohen, we would have we wouldn't have Michael Walker on our starting rotation. We'd at least have somebody, you know, decent because you know what are we going to do? So I I just don't see it. And everybody else is sort of a crapshoot. I mean, I know people want Patanzas. That would be nice, but he didn't pitch last year. So is he – and I think if I'm not mistaken, and I might be, I thought he had elbow issues, rather shoulder issues before that, which might have been from this injury. I'm not sure, but, like, there's you know, there's no guarantee, you know. So I – and I don't think we're bringing in anybody that's going to be somebody we can count on, you know. So I don't – I don't know, man. Like, I I, I mean, I, I like the team, so I don't think we're going to be terrible, but – as far as a wish list, I mean, we're in the dollar store. So, like, you know, like what, what, what crappy thing do you want, you know? 
I don't know what's going to last. It's basically it's a crapshoot, you know. I, I will yeah, say one, I mean, one quick thing, just, just to add something yep. on here, because I don't know if anyone has an opinion on this. The one thing that bothered me, right, so um, you'd think that Brody, the, like the one thing he'd be sort of uh, adept at without having to have a learning curve is dealing with the press and dealing with putting out quotes. And the guy, I mean, he, he's delivered some doozies, you know, <laughs> you know, just sort of like saying a lot with saying nothing. And um, did anybody have an issue with him um, kind of almost trashing Wheeler on the way out? Like, what, what's up with that? Because you'd think an age player agent wouldn't pull a yeah. Jeff on. But yet it's like it, no matter who is in charge of this team, they, they have to do that. You know, and I don't, yeah. I'm so, like, I'm, obviously I know why the, the Cats kids can't work with Jeff, and I guess that's why the team's getting sold. But, like, is, does, that, does that piss anybody off or surprise anybody that, that Brody keeps sticking his foot in his mouth, you know, in that way? Yeah, I, I think it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's just unnecessary. You know, it's just like why, mm-hmm. I, I agree, especially as an agent, like, you know, like why, you know, why open up that can of worms, you mm-hmm. know, just, to, you know, kind of, it's just, like bad form to, to to do that, especially you know a player who's been with you you know virtually his whole career like that. It, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I kind of so, raise my eyebrow at that one as well. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Gene or Dave, you guys want to jump in on that one? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, typical. I think it's a typical agent move. I, I really do. Um, and and we we've already realized that that Brody is a bit of an egomaniac, which could help us. But and I've mentioned <laughs> to, Nick, to Nick a few times that that game last year against the Cardinals, where they where they blew it by rushing the ninth inning, and the Cardinals came back, and then they got rained on. I was actually at that game, and Brody was right behind me in the box, and he, you know, I've seen Manaya in the stands, I've talked to. Uh, Manaya a few times. He's very affable. He's not really. They look like the game's going on, but they're keeping a professional appearance. Brody looked like he wanted to run on the field and beat people. Um, he was that <laughs> upset during the game. Like I expected him to throw something, and I couldn't. You know, I, I, I've never seen a, a Mets official that animated. During... Now you could take that as a positive, but that ego of his, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's not happy losing um, a player like that. Dave, what, 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 are you, what are your feelings on, on that part of, you know, of his recent comments and especially the Wheeler one? Uh, you know, I guess I'm just incredibly disappointed. You know, yeah. we all had such high hopes for Brody, and he just seems like a good dude who has no business being a general manager. I mean, being an agent is one thing. You know, you're advocating for a person. You're building up a portfolio of talent with one objective to try to monetize that talent for their benefit and your benefit. And that's not how a GM is supposed to think, you know, now they granted, they have, you know, rules of engagement from, from the head office and everything. Um, but they're supposed to be out there building a strategy, you know, laying down a foundation for a winning formula that can be executed by the manager and the players. And I just don't see that from Brody. I don't see him putting better pieces in place, you know, when he signs these these fringe shitty guys with really bad peripheral numbers, I mean, I'm just not even talking about really advanced statistics, even the basic stats. Um, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me, you know. And I just don't I don't know where he's going. 
I don't know what the vision is for the team. Um, it's just very confusing. It's like more of the same thing. Like, you know, why can't we get, you know, a real aggressive GM who's, who's smart, like a Theo Epstein type, right? I forget the, that other young kid that was signed that's already do, doing great stuff. Um, and we just can't get the right, the right uh, team together. And I know we all want to blame the Wilpons, and, I, and I'm sure they're part of the blame. But Sandy was doing some good things before he got his illness. And any success we're having now, I think, is really the, the legacy Omar slash Sandy. Uh, I just haven't yeah. seen anything from Brody. I, I'm really disappointed. Yeah, and you know, it's just yeah, yeah like you know, the, an agent, an agent's skill set is obviously different than a general manager's. And and the, I agree. Like the the Wheeler thing to me, it just sound, it, it seemed petty. Like it just seemed like he was pissed off that the Phillies got you know their guy and and you know paid a lot to get Wheeler, and they obviously were whatever not prepared. To, you know, that's not the money they budgeted for. And that's fine. But, you know, yeah, there's just a way to you know, to just act above the fray a little bit. And you now as a general manager, you know, it's, it of course is about acquiring good players, but there is, a, you know, there is, you're representing the entire organization. And it just, it, I don't know, it just seemed very just petty and, and just an unnecessary kind of, you know, unforced error yeah. like that. So um, just real, real quick on, on that, on that point, just one last thing. Yeah. You know, Brody was brought in because of his ability with players, because of his communication skill. I mean, he's a yep. good-looking guy, played some baseball in college, and blah, 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 and he's been an agent. But where other than his current clientele base or people that were maybe, you know, one step removed from his representation, has he really done anything with the players? And, and this Wheeler thing is like, geez, dude, really? You know, yeah. so it's all CAA players. Um, you know, we're not getting anything done with Boris's guys. And then, you know, he's bad-mouthing a guy who, who gave a lot to this team, I think, in Wheeler. Um, yeah, is Wheeler kind of a dick? He, he kind of is a little bit, and I'll admit that. But you can't fault the guy for, for being a gamer because he, he was for us for a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I, you know, especially when I was uh, – as, as I've watched these – you know this whole storyline with with the Cohen acquisition, and you know whether he will spend money, and and this whole kind of soap opera that's been going on with it. I I immediately thought to the thought you know about the 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 podcast, and just wanted to you know I was curious of all the takes on it. Like just take me through your thinking of, of this whole kind of plot. Like what you know just the the and then the, especially the details that have come out, like the Will Ponds mm-hmm. with. The, the feud with the with uh, Uncle Saul and his family and how they, nobody trusts Jeff Wilpon, which is really no surprise. And Jeff Wilpon has probably been the most vilified person on this podcast certainly over the years. Maybe Scott Wilpon, but uh, you know, take me through your you know what you know your kind of breakdown of, of what's been going on with all of this. Well, I think the best way that I can really describe it is with a poem. Can I? Can I... <laughs> Can I go tell your poem? All right, Muhammad Ali. Poem? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Some owners are sparrows, while the others are owls and hawks. You don't want to be an ostrich and lay the biggest egg. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott Morris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I mean, like, you got to admit, um, it's funny. Like, it's the whole Uncle Sal and, and everyone kind of – infighting and um, I mean you kind of try to find the humor where it is I think we've heard this stuff forever like it seemed like every couple of years we'd hear something about you know Uncle Sal's upset and then all of a sudden 
it kind of goes away. And I read an article recently that reminded me of something I hadn't thought about in years. The uh, I don't know if you guys remember the the battle between the Wilpon brothers when I think uh, Jeff's brother went. Uh, he speaks Japanese and he's in Japan. And he recruited Matsui, and he <laughs> yeah, brought yeah, Matsui. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he brings Matsui over here. And during spring training, um, he had a like a, in, a small injury, and and Jeff was trying to make him play through it, <laughs> like before he even played a game for us. And they were <laughs> there was like infighting, and then like they I supposedly the two of them haven't spoken to each other since <laughs> since then. Um, yeah, and the whole idea of like cats as kids don't wanna don't want anything to do with with him, and that's basically why it's all imploding. You gotta think that like Fred is just in some sort of a state where it's he probably has these conversations with his kid, kind of like, can't you just please, <laughs> can you calm down? We're gonna lose everything, you know. It's really, um, it's it honestly, it's a great sitcom. They could really do like one of the, an excellent like um, FX show. Kind of like the league, except just this front office with Brody and everything. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, they have to have know, that same trophy from the league, though. They have to have that same trophy. <laughs> well, and that's one of my, you know, like, and, and kind of to echo that and, and what, what what Dave was saying, like, you know, it's that's my biggest kind of worry right now. You know, even, look, you know, having a ton of money of Cohen, you know, this thing goes through, which is expected to. And he certainly has the, the dough, no doubt. But and you know, say maybe it leads to a, a huge trade or a signing this off season, and, and you know all is well by the time opening day hits. That's great. But you know, you have now you have this Wilpon, Uncle Saul, his family, this mess with that. <laughs> then you have the you know kind of Mania Alderson kind of eras that still have different pieces. In, you know their, their fingerprints are still in this organization. Then you have Brody with the, you know as Dave was saying with you know his kind of vibe and all the CAA versus the Boris stuff. And then you bring in a huge kind of personality, polarizing guy like Cohen with you know definitely has money, but he has you know his, I'm sure is going to want his own say and his own guys. Like my my biggest worry, even you know even if it all goes through and we have you know our, our budget gets up to the other major market teams, which I would expect to happen, is just that there's just it seems like there's so much so many competing factions and voices and kind of chefs in the kitchen. And like I just feel like there needs to just be like a leader that steps up and kind of like just chills out the toxic culture that certainly seems to exist. You know, because as we were talking about at the top, like I mean, there is a, certainly talent on this team, and it's not you know there are. There, there is high upside for this team, and it just seems like all this other kind of stuff, you know, minus the players who actually play on the field, is in the way of all that. I mean, Dave, do you have any fears? I'm sorry, I'll start with Gene on this one. But, um, I'll come around the horn. Gene, do you have any fears about all that? Just there's just so many competing voices and factions and like drama in in with all this. Well, you brought up a good point. I mean, usually you're dealing with this stuff with the players. Who wants to play that's behind of another guy? Yeah. We saw it with Mookie Wilson and Dykstra. We saw it with Backman and Tuffle. There was always kind of – they seemed like they wanted to win. But you, this team, you have Dom Smith and J.D. Davis said genuinely – Dom Smith looks too comfortable playing a backup role. He looks happy. I don't know if they're feeding him well or what's happening on this team, but he looked happy being a backup <laughs> player. 
J.D. Davis, the same way. And these are guys that could start on other teams. You have McNeil that will do whatever it takes. Literally, top to bottom, this team has two egos on it that are potentially problematic. One is Steven Matz. The other one is Lugo. Matz reminds me of Pelfrey. Has great stuff. Wow, like Pelfrey. Another, speaking of people who have been right? <laughs> talked about on this podcast. No, I, I'm and sorry. I have, a, and I have a better one for you coming up. But, but Matt, by all accounts, and, and this is by players and coaches, is the best athlete on the field. It never translates. He gives up one hit. He gets that Glendon Rush red spot on his face. He looks like Glendon Rush. <laughs> the other one is Lugo. Like, Lugo is Aaron Heilman. I want to start. I want to start. I want to start. Just play your role. Like, you have a whole team full of players that will do whatever it takes to win. But your organizational culture is soured by, by ownership. I don't know how these players – honestly, I don't know how the players – it may be because they're young, but this team genuinely likes one another, and that's the cool thing. They look excited to play, but they have a shit show for management. They have across the board a shit show. And that's what David, you know, you kind of kind of opened up the, this avenue here. You know, do you have any fears about that? Even you know, do you think the Cohen, if again, let's just assume all this goes through, and Manfred today said that he's expecting this approval to go through and and be all good. I, again, I wouldn't imagine they'd put an announcement out like that. And again, somebody a successful you know guy like Steve Cohen would even be involved, or you know, none of this would be out there like that if it, you know, wasn't going to get approval, like you just wouldn't float something that major like that. But are, are, do you have any concerns or, you know, any worries about, like, as I mentioned, this, this kind of so many voices and, and regimes and factions and, you know, do you think that somebody like Cohen could, you know, kind of like just silence it? Or, or do you think this could be some kind of lingering thing, even if he were to take over as, as owner and, and all this goes through? Somebody's kidnapped Dave. Dave. Dave is gone. I just he just flashed off of the uh, of the call. Okay, well here, uh, call, Dave, I'll, I'll throw that to you. Do you uh, <laughs> well, Dave, Dave, is, Dave Lee is clearly a proponent of our management, and that's why he's been booted <laughs> off this podcast. This will not. <laughs> yeah, he, thank you very maybe much. Maybe he's guys. a mole for the Mets uh, front office, and they got booted off. <laughs> We gotta all. We gotta uh, Nick, now. Nick, you, you have worries about, that, about that, this drama, you know, and this kind of like so many different things, and like especially like you know, I'll add one more piece to that, not not to make it too, mm-hmm. you know, sure. too, too you know intricate here, but like mm-hmm. you know, especially if the Wilpons are getting phased out, which basically mm-hmm. it seems like the terms of this mm-hmm. deal would, you know, phase them out. Do you Delicious. think that Delicious. you know their toxicity, <laughs> which is rampant up and down the organization, will? get worse or you know how how do you you know how 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 do you see all that well i mean i think there's a couple of of things first of all as far as the what uh, was said before about they wouldn't float it out if it wasn't um didn't have the possibility to be legitimate i mean we we Mm -hmm. did go through this with einhorn um, a couple of years ago where we thought it was done and then all of a sudden fred sort of reacted and just no don't take it from me i think they were trying to cheat him i forgot what exactly what it was there's something <laughs> something bad he's just like yeah fred is just scorned he's just he's just had to, this has been too much he's in too deep <laughs> it's like well you know we're going to give you 49 percent and you know maybe 48 it's uh it's just, so i i want to see it done because like i'm um 
cringing because this is it's wonderful, but like it's you know they sort of set you up, <laughs> and I just don't want to want to fall from there. But as far as the dysfunction, I mean this this team has had dysfunction forever, and to me, I know I was more comfortable with Sandy around because it's least you have somebody that has a tie to MLB that is more measured in charge. Now you got you know you got uh, you know Mister No Sweatpants and. I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and like, like, and honestly, a front office that's full of oil ponds and full of these people that don't necessarily, that aren't maybe the best people for these jobs, and you know, it goes further than that. You know, um, I mean, I don't want to call anybody out individually um, necessarily, but you can use your imagination. You have, first of all, you have um, people that are connected to broadcasters, all these different people in the organization that have major roles, running social media and different things, and people that maybe wouldn't ordinarily have the job. It's like there's nepotism that stretches beyond the well ponds. And then you have Brody bringing in like Jessica Mendoza because he has the hots for her or whatever it, whatever it is. I mean, there's no, <laughs> she's basically, well, and Who I don't doesn't? mean that in a, in a sexist way. I apologize if anyone takes it that way. But the the idea is it's, it's she's there to learn. That's all that she really talked about in the beginning. Like I'm here to learn and learn how front offices run. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. But like, why? Like what? What's the yeah. like? What are you? What it's? What's being? Why do we have all these? Advisors? Yeah. To what end? Is, yeah. Exactly. What is Al Leiter doing? Like, where is he? <laughs> like, didn't they hire Al Leiter? Like, where? Where did he go? And like, I don't know what anyone's doing, and I don't know why these people are around, and I don't know why Jed Lowry's on the team. You know, so there's a there's. And why he's like, impacting the budget? <laughs> oh my god! Like, oh my god! And like other stuff, you know, they get all this money back from Cespedes and Wright, and they don't mention it, and no one. Everyone talks about it, but but no one's making them um, address it, you know. And I and I guess MLB in the end, um, or or Sal Katz, someone's making them address it by selling the team. But in the meantime, yeah. it got worse because nepotism. I mean, they brought in Brody, and Brody is not Brody's exactly like them, you know. So you know, and actually, you just brought. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You just brought up a, 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 a thing, a, a point, a, a player. Actually, I didn't get to. Uh, mm-hmm talk about yet and i'll start with you with this and, and then come to team with it like do you expect anything from cespedes and, you know that's another kind of piece that you forget about you know because he's been just so disconnected and off down and his ranch in 14 lucy or, 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 or no, sorry, vero beach i think and you know riding horses or whatever is going all going down 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 there do you, do you think that you know that there's something there with him this year do you think that he can really uh you know make an impact you know, or, or or is it just too much to count on him? You're asking me? Yeah. Well, you know, are, do we, will we have any horses in Port St. Lucie? Like, any holes? Like, he, he steps in holes. you got to be careful about the holes. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know, he's surgically put back together. I assume wait, wait, I assume wait, wait. he actually Ho- had holes injury. Holes or hose? <laughs> <laughs> is it holes or hose? <laughs> that's a good question. That is a, that's a handsome question. Oh my God! I, you know what? I think he'll try to play, and I think yeah. the fact that they're, and I think this probably has something to do with the budget too. The fact that they're not getting his money back, even though his money yeah. and rights money already went towards the luxury tax and everything, and they and they say they include it in the um, in the budget when they tabulate it. The fact that they're getting it, get nothing back because he's going to sit in the bench and play a couple of days a week, might have a huge impact on why they're not kind of getting anybody here beyond them just being broke. Because they lose money, of course. 
<laughs> of course they do. Dave, I know you're you're back on the line. I think you were you were disconnected. Yeah. You got kicked off right when uh when I was coming to you with this. But um, are, are even if the Cohen thing is goes through as expected, uh, do you have any worries about just so many competing voices and factions and uh, as Nick just mentioned ne- nepotism and like you know Jessica Mendoza's and just there's. Like, you know, like usually, again, and Gene mentioned too, like the sideshow, you know, a lot of things kind of goes on in the field, and this is the front office, and it's just like, it, it kind of just illustrates the toxic culture that has been in place in that front office with, with in this Wilpon era. I mean, pretty much, let's, you know, a lot of the Mets histories have been marked by a lot of dysfunction, but are, are you worried about even if the Cohen thing goes through, and, you know, we have an owner finally with some deep pockets that can you know, spend and compete that... Um, you know, the, this toxic culture that there's, it's going to fester around and be an issue? Yeah, I do. I, you know, if you think about it, you know, the when, when Sandy Alderson was brought on, they really, yeah. at least purportedly, gave him full control, right? It was Sandy's team. Sandy made the moves. He had a strategy. You know, he was all about um, numbers and high on base guys and stretching the starters. So it seemed like we had at least a point man. You know, those factions were somewhat put aside and some of those factions were ameliorated because Sandy was given so much power. And then unfortunately he got sick and then the three headed monster. And then you know, now we're bringing managers in with no experience and there's no money to go after players. So, yeah, I, I am worried. You know, what, what could happen, obviously, is, you know, Mr. Wilpon's not getting any younger, so he really needs to be the one that kind of goes away. And then I think Cohen, by force of personality and pocketbook, will just take control of things. Now, it could be like a George Steinbrenner situation, which we don't want either, where he's really an activist um, owner, and that wouldn't surprise me in the least because if you read anything up on the guy, he's kind yeah. of a tool. He's super wealthy. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a model citizen by any stretch of the imagination. But, <laughs> but for right now, <laughs> very succinct you know, way to put it. Yeah, so so I think, you know, that might be the reality of the future where he becomes the distraction, right? So he's like a Steinbrenner or a Trump, and he just, you know, he just screws everything up. So while I like the idea of having a wealthy owner personally, and because of the way I like to think about life and people I want to do business with. I'm not thrilled with Cohen, so the jury's out in my opinion. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I, there's, I mean that uh, you know I was, I was really, again because uh, I've have been as confused as every other Met fan out there with just these you know just to, again to put an announcement like of that magnitude out right before you know really hot stove season kind of gets into full gear. Yeah, it's just like okay, wow! Like you're really like getting Mets fans' hopes up, and um, you know. So, but I was just trying to think of like the pros and cons of all of it. And, you know, of course, yeah. Like at the end of the day, do I want like you just said? Do I want an owner who's wealthy and you know where Jed Lowry and those type of moves don't affect the overall budget and payroll? Because for a major market team with a newish or stadium and uh, their own network and in New York City, that should just not be an issue in 2019. And the fact that it is is disappointing. But, you know, I was just thinking about all these different, you know, as I read more about this Will Pond and, and Uncle Saul and his family, this infighting, like, just then the Brody stuff that, you know, recently, like the Wheeler issue, like it's just like, 
like there needs to be like a singular voice and singular kind of theme. I just feel like this, this scatter shot, and that's my biggest worry um, about all of it. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I mean, again, this is all just kind of breaking it all down in my own <laughs> hypothetically. But um, you know, and as Dave's mentioned, you know, Steve Cohen does not seem like a. Uh, you know, like a wallflower. I mean, I think if he's going to sink his money and resources and name into this team, you know, and obviously he's already got a piece of it, but I think it, when he takes on this majority, um, you know, however it ultimately all works in, I mean, he's not going to sit on the sidelines. I mean, I expect him to be a big presence. So I just I worry about whether all of that, combined with all this toxicity already in place, you know, even if he could spend – five billion dollars you know on the payroll and it's just like you still need a kind of particular culture and, and uh it's just that's my biggest concern about all of it um here you know and we got just a few minutes left here we'll Matt, come back actually, around can, I, and, can uh, I just throw something in really quick can i ask you something yeah, really quick? Sure. you know yep. that I, mean, I can understand being sort of worried about that but can it get any worse if somebody that doesn't belong there, you know what I mean? So like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Even if, even if yep. Cohen comes in and puts his family into every position, like it's the same thing we have now. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I'm still holding out hope for Scott Wilpon. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I would like Scott Wilpon to come in on a white horse and just save the whole thing. <laughs> oh, the ultimate redemption. Or, Bra- or Bradley uh, Wilpon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a few minutes left. We'll come around once more. Uh, so, Gene, like, what? Just kind of sum it off. What, where, where are you at right now? Where do you think we're headed? Do you, do you expect a major move? Like, do you think you know that it's just going to be a lot more of these Jake Marisnicks and Michael Waka, you know, or do you think that there's a big shoe still to drop for uh, you know th- this off season? Well, you mentioned, you know, Cespedes, and Cespedes might be uh, a good problem to have, you know, because he's not going to really take away left field play from for any of our guys, you know, unless you're concerned about Nimmo um, and if McNeil was supposed to play out there. But I think McNeil would be better served in the infield. And if, I, I do think that J.D. Davis is going to get traded. Um, and then I would slot McNeil in at third base for sure, or have him be a rover, you know, somewhere that, you know, fills in multiple positions on the infield. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I think that they, they, they're going to put two more pieces in the bullpen. I don't expect a big move at all. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a little, like I said at the beginning, I'm a little bit more concerned about what Philly, and I think Dave mentioned this, and what Atlanta are doing. Yeah. Uh, they're putting in critical pieces here. Atlanta's loaded. Going, yeah, they're, and, but – that's okay. We can match them, but we we need, you know, we do have a, a very very solid core. I think one of the better cores that we've ever had, and I would say that because of their age. Um, but yeah. but the, the core is is real solid, and you know, is Alonzo going to hit fifty something home runs this year? No, but you put him in a lineup with Cespedes, um, and Conforto and McNeil, and you know. You can't expect that they're going to be. <laughs> yeah, so forget about that. If that happens, that would be the big move for me. And but you know that's the thing is they do have pieces to trade. Unlike past years, they do have yeah. a surplus uh, of, of players. And you know if we go into the to the to the season with the Grom, 
Syndergaard, Strowman, Waka, and Matt, then so be it. Um, you know, but you know, it, I wasn't as high on Wheeler as everybody else. Uh, I thought I think that the Phillies are going to be eating that contract at some point. I felt like every game he pitched was going to be a potential blow out his arm again, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very happy that they picked up Stroman last year, and I don't think Stroman's the number one at all, but he will be a very ser- serviceable three-slash-four guy. Yeah, I like that move. I uh, think that move showed some creativity. I, I, I thought that yeah. was a solid move. And maybe this is the year that Mavs comes out. I mean, from all yeah. accounts, this guy is, is a stud in the making if you can only trust his stuff. Um, but, you know, Steven Matz is a number five. I, that's not a bad number five at all. I mean, I, I, you can't be upset with that. Uh, it's that bullpen that they have to add two to three pieces. And, you know, they've already said they're going to go in there with Diaz. Uh, he's going to be their closer. And hopefully, you know, this miracle worker Beltran can make it work. But here's the other point where we've been dancing around all the things that ownership has done wrong. Imagine if they would have, and it was close to being, you know, considered if they would have hired AJ Hinch <laughs> to be their manager. Yeah. That would be really rough. <laughs> Traded somebody for him. Oh. Traded somebody well, for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, where you know, as, as we kind of get ready to wrap things up here, uh, what move do you do? You think a, a big move is coming? Do you, do you think the the Cohen? Ownership, what, transfer, whatever. If we want to describe whatever is happening, you know, as we've said, nothing imminent, confusion. Do you think it'll pay dividends this off season, or, or do you think it's going to be a lot more of these kind of Michael Walker, Jake Marisnik kind of kind of moves? Where, where do you see things headed for, for over the next few weeks and months? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I wish I knew. I, I think, you know, just trying to read the tea leaves. You know, yep. I'm, I'm a, kind of hoping beyond hope that there's some mega magic deal or something that's going to happen. Uh, but these early moves are just so troublesome. I just don't get them, and they they just don't seem to be any part of any strategy. So, you know, I, I, I'm a Mets fan. You know, I'm a diehard. I, I try to be a very positive Mets fan. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, hope springs eternal. Maybe even just going in with the team we have with a couple minor moves might be enough. Um, and we had some surprises last year, right? We didn't think Alonzo was going to be as good as he was. Uh, we didn't think J.D. Davis was going to be as good as he was. And, frankly, having Todd Frazier off the team now, I think, is an addition by subtraction. I do think that, um, you know, I would love to keep J.D. Davis and Dom Smith. I kind of disagree with Gene a little bit about them being happy with lack of playing time. Um, I think they're both gamers and they're super competitive. Dom is just a weird dude. He's just some weird happy about <laughs> but but JD Davis wants to play for sure, um, and I, and gosh, I want him at third base. I want McNeil at second base, and Cano can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, these these old washed up signings again, and this is Brody. You know, at, instead of youth, you know they're just they're just the death of any good developing team. So we're going to be stuck with Cano. You know, Cano might be worse this year than he was. Uh, worse next year than he was this year. Yeah. And then, you know, you got McNeil buried, um, who's a star, who can be an all-star perennially. So it's, it's frustrating. You know, uh, I'll keep hopeful, but I, I would be very surprised if we didn't just have what we have. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, with, with virtually everything you said there. And, uh, Nick, we'll, we'll close out here with the most positive Met fan I know, Nick Kalidas. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what, what are, you know, where, where do you – things kind of headed where how do you 
forecast this well, over the next few weeks and months with the ownership and hot yeah. stove? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple things. Um, the main thing I'm worried about is desperation because, um, you know, I obviously like a reactionary kind here, of because of what's gone on so far. Well, just well think about this, right? So Brody leaves his job as an agent and kind of makes takes a big chance jumping over. And I think most likely his thought process was, you know, he can run rampant with this organization. And he was probably fantasizing, like, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to get Jessica Mendoza to hang out, I'm going to get, like, a love-out lighter, like, he's going to come hang out, we're going to go for Taco Bell. We need to do a whole show on that whole thing. But oh, continue. please, you can, you, you can see it. And, like, him thinking, you know, Jeff is a big, you know, Jeff is a you-know-what, and I can get in there and I'll, I'll get them to spend some money, whatever, you know, but this is going to be awesome. You know, I get to, where's Cano? Like, let's get him over here. Like, and just have fun. And so the thing is, the idea with um, Cohen coming in, I mean, you'd think that one of the first things he would do was look look at Brody and go, hey, man, <laughs> see ya, you know? Or at least Brody's going to be concerned about that because the the landscape changed. And so the the idea is, is he's some of the stuff that's being floated, the idea um, that they would trade one of the cost-controlled young players to get rid of Jared Lowry's salary, just to clear a little space for a little something. And the fact yeah. that they're even considering trading Nemo for Marte, which I mean, Marte's okay, but he's he's past his prime. He he's about a year away from not being able to play center, and yet, you know, I it's not like I'm in love with Nemo as a player either. But it's from a value standpoint, it's a very Brody move. It's kind of like I need something right now, you know. And mm-hmm. I, so stuff like that. You worry about like his impulsiveness, kind of like. Well, not really. I'm worried about him doing here. stuff that's not going to help the team in the future because he's yeah. trying to get just any fringe advantage for this year because if he doesn't win, mm. he's screwed. And so the yeah. idea is I think you – I want to see them stand pat. If they don't have money, just don't do anything. Spend whatever you got, a few million bucks, if that's it. Bring in any piece of garbage you can find in the, the scrap heap because you never know who's going to have a decent year out of the pen. And just – I mean, I don't want them to, like, to take a knee, but I don't want them trading – Nemo and Davis and any even Smith to clear salary when we're going to possibly have an influx of money next year. Just hold on to him or trade them for yeah. something valuable. But just it's I so I don't think he's incompetent. I think he might be desperate, and that's something I'm, I'm I am worried about. But a positive thing. It's not all. It's not all negative. It's not. Two Sounds things. like First your high all, school dating career. <laughs> hey, 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 we have Jeremy Hefner that's going to come and do Jeremy Hefner stuff. Okay? That's happening. That's, I, I thought we'd seen the end of him, but no, no, no. No, we're going to get him back. And, Walter you know, I, I definitely Bam disagree Bam. with Hefner. Yeah, I definitely disagree with Hefner's uh, politics if I'm thinking about some of his past uh, transgressions and things that he said. Oh, no. But what I have what, what he say? everybody is. Well, I, well, I'm not uh, clear. What did he say? I, I'm no. What, what's going to come out soon? What do you remember? Didn't he say some controversial stuff, um, like anti-gay stuff? Was that Hefner? No, that was, that was what this I don't know. I mean, maybe well, can we just universally blame Aubrey Huff for anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it was, it was um, Murphy. Wasn't no, it? I knew Daniel Murphy, Murphy, but I, I I thought it was Hefner too. Oh yeah, wait, it <laughs> may have been Murphy. It may have been Murphy. Well, maybe, maybe no, I know it was Murphy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I just looked it up. I, I'm not familiar with anything Jeremy oh, Hefner. No. I, 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 you look I, it up. You look, 
What does it say? Well, the internet doesn't lie. I, I just looked it up. But yeah, uh-huh. back in 2012, he uh, he tweeted some support for uh, the Chick Fil A chief operating officer and all that, you know. <laughs> Anti-gay stuff was going on there. Oh, come on. Um, so yeah, there was something with Hefner. <laughs> who's, who's in charge of vetting? Is that not somebody else from How How We Rose a Family? <laughs> like, like who vets these guys? Like who's supposed to look at social media? Yeah, again, this is my and you know, I, Dave, that's a great kind of <laughs> nugget there because I, I was not, I, I did not remember that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just that's again, that's my biggest fear oh with all God. this. There's just so many like, <laughs> just vo- like just there's so much stuff. Like it's just like he, like especially in like oh for a baseball season where you know it's such a long slog. Like you need like just kind of like you know we were saying with Sandy like a measured kind of voice. Like you just like even all the money in the world. I just that's my biggest fear with all of this is just that it's gonna create this like explosion. <laughs> It's just there's so many personalities and voices. I don't know. Like I'm very, I, I'm legitimately concerned about all that. Well, I mean, how about how about like um, Helmsley Mullins though? He's a he's a uh, he's a sir. Doesn't it kind of remind you of Coming to America three? Like kind of like uh, <laughs> like he has his own money. Does he have his own money too? Because that'd be like awesome. That would be really awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well. Thought that was funny. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, I I I, I got to read a little more when I'm, when I'm Google Google Google. I, I obviously me. know his you know his his Yankee mm-hmm. past, but uh, mm-hmm. I I gotta re uh, no, gotta he, read he, up some more on Hensley what he's been up no, to. No, he was knighted. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Oh, was he? I, I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's legit. He's Sir Helms. Oh, okay, so great nugget again. I I was not aware of that one. That's a nugget. Hell yeah, that's a nugget. That's it. Gene, so, <laughs> well, come on. Here's, you got to have – Gene, yeah. Dave threw out the Hefner thing. They, Nick has the Hensley Mullen thing. you, you got to have a nugget to close on. Yeah. Wait, can I add How one about more the guy for uh, Hefner? Is... Let me add one more for Hefner. He went to <laughs> Oral <laughs> Roberts University. Oh, come <laughs> on. No. No. Yes, in Oklahoma. He's, dude, this is uh, – I think he's a Bible thumper, man. Oh, he's no. a Bible thumper. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, I mean, what happens if they have anybody that's gay on the pitching staff? Like, do they have to – But oh, that's ugly. I'm sorry. That's that, – wow. Yeah. Let's go Mets. Yeah, I didn't I, – <laughs> I, I was not aware of uh, any of that. So, so, wait, wait, wait. So, when they oh. when they have, like, a walk-off oh. win, right, and and, and um, Polar Bear, like, rips off somebody's <laughs> shirt, is Hefner going to get all upset? <laughs> like, nobody's supposed to touch each other? He's already banned pats on the ass. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, just oh to make god. it uh, seriously, just to make things yeah. even more, like as I said, just add more kind of chaos. They're, they're going to sign Aubrey Huff to be their hitting coach next. That's going to be the fun to round out the, the coaching staff. <laughs> what is that guy's a disaster? <laughs> yeah, Dave. I mean, speaking of Twitter, I mean, his his that recent one. I mean, that got a lot of national attention. I mean, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Steve Cohen, where are you, Steve Cohen? Come quick. Yeah, please. Come quick. <laughs> I know. We don't have Steve Keen and we don't have Steve Cohen. I mean, we're just <laughs> we're, we're 0 for 2. Are they the same person? We don't know. Can <laughs> <laughs> <I> you imagine? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Well, guys, I, I, did you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap it up or anything, anything else you guys, anybody wanted to add in? 
I did hear this that the uh, third World Series flasher that was blocked by the guy that was standing in front of her was one of the Wilpon sons. So I just wanted to say that that's another unfortunate event that that guy blocked in a total Wilpon move, stood up and, and blocked the third flasher, who was probably going to be the best. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you my my closing my closing thought right from the interwebs from my ESPN. Yep. 2012, they're talking about Murphy's uh, comments anti-gay marriage. The very last <laughs> sentence of the article is the Mets have dealt with players' religious beliefs conflicting with the viewpoint of a portion of their fan base before. In 2012, <laughs> right-hander Jeremy Hefner tweeted his support for the COO of Chick-fil-A's stance against gay marriage. Oh, <laughs> Welcome boy. to New York. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Should be fun yeah. as always. Nothing's ever normal for us. <laughs> There's uh, never calm. It's <laughs> just never who, calm. You know what we gotta do? We, we gotta I'm going to Pride Night this year. Let's have a podcast from Pride Night and all wear like rainbow Hefner shirts. With some, <laughs> and bring on Jeremy Hefner, Aubrey Huff, and Daniel Murphy. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my God! I love oh it. I, we may have we to broke, make that a reality. That, that's uh, that's strong. That's strong. Hey Matt, we broke it. Well, news. gentlemen, <laughs> what's up? We broke it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I know. Yeah, D- D- Dave. I, we need Dave, to Dave get it. a hat tip on that one on on, on Twitter. You you you, you yeah. unearthed a uh, yeah. a beautiful nugget on that one. Yeah, you like Tiki Barber, man. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man. Well, gentlemen, really so much fun to do this. Uh, we, we should definitely do this soon, you know, next uh, couple weeks and uh, kind of see where, where things are at in, the, in this off season. But uh, awesome to do this again and, and jump on with everybody and, and just uh, kind of kick it about the Mets. Certainly, again, no, no shortage of drama and storylines, as always. And uh, hopefully, though, uh, you know, this leads to a little bit more, uh, a little more action in terms of signings and, uh, you know, so so for uh, Dean Anthony, Dave Stinger, Nick Leas, Matt Baz, check it out. Hold the Mets personality. Thank you, everybody. Come on.